0: Well, good afternoon and welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. I am Dan Edwards, the managing broker of the Eastside Real Estate team. It is Wednesday, November 17th, and we are live on Facebook and YouTube. So please share our live stream. We're happy to receive your comments, answer your questions when we can. If you're watching this on a podcast in the future, I'm speaking to you from the past. Please do subscribe to our podcast. We would love to provide you with regular insights on what it what it's like to live, work, play, and have fun adventures on the east side. Um, so yeah, please subscribe and rate our podcast. That would be great. Today, we're going to be welcoming two great guests. We've got Tucker Maxwell with Guild Mortgage Company and Jeannie Steenbergen from Jay's Rental Stays. But first, as always, let's start with some real talk. And what I want to do is address our big question. Our big question today is, is it time to invest in a second home? Is it time to invest in a second home? Well, there's a couple of different things that we can. Oops, I'm going to do that. There we go. Sorry. Where is that? Investing in a second home. There's the right one. So when, when it comes to thinking about whether or not you should invest in a second home, I mean, there's a lot of things that come into it. But I just was reviewing uh, the National Association of Realtors um, report on the growth of second homes. And they define second homes or vacation homes in counties that that are primarily vacant most of the year. So it's not necessarily that primary resident. And generally, they um, attribute it to a lot of inflow of where you're going to spend your summers. And in other cases, it may be where you spend your winters. So they're not long-term year-round residences. So it's it's kind of about the occupancy. Um, Now, one of the factors going into whether you should rent is... Well, I think everybody's been paying attention to the stock market, and it's had some tremendous gains over the last seven to 10 years. And so you may consider diversifying. And for me, as a real estate agent, it's usually in front of my face how valuable it is to um, rent, excuse me, to own real estate. Um, the, The thing that kind of sets it for me is you can be in the stock market, you have great gains. And a lot of people trust their instincts in what they're doing there and when you take a look at real estate it is the only investment that has shown equity gains over years now usually it's about four percent stock market sometimes is anywhere from five to ten percent but generally speaking most stock brokers would probably say maybe four to five percent so you've got a reasonable return comparatively the only difference is real estate is real property its value never goes to zero in addition to it never going to zero it also Um, If you can imagine if I own some Tesla stock right now or if I own some Microsoft stock right now, I would see the gains go up and down based on its performance, right, based on the company's performance. And sometimes Microsoft is the mover and shaker and sometimes it's Google. And so it can change from time to time. That's why people diversify their portfolio. The one thing that you can do with real estate that you can't do with anything else is, um, is rent your stocks. Right. I can't take my Microsoft stock and rent it to one of my friends or rent it to some stranger. But with real estate, that's the that's the big kicker. Not only do you have appreciation, but you can actually earn money on your investment while doing it. So um, one of the things to consider when you are uh, considering this is uh, do you want to um, have a vacation home or a short term rental? Now, we'll talk about this and how to do that with our later later guest, Jeannie. We'll talk a little bit more about um, the difference and which has the best return on investment. I think just to be clear, a short-term rental is something like an Airbnb or a home away. Um, and the, the key to picking how you want to do this is do you want to become a landlord or do you want to – whoops, I clicked on the wrong one. Do you want to self-manage it or do you want to have a property manager? And as uh, you know, um, as you consider what you're good at, I know there are a lot of uh, investors of mine that also self-manage the property and they're retired and they can do that. But if you have another job and you want that investment to work for you, you might want to consider having that managed. And then um, the last thing I will say before I go on this topic is that we do have a vacation uh, home report. So if you're interested in learning where some of these spots are that would be in demand, right, where you could where you may want to. like a lot of people choose their vacation home based on where they want to go, which is great. You'll probably find some commonalities. But I was looking at this report. I have it over here on this other monitor and some of the top counties. Um, let's see. Oh, the, the one thing I wanted to point out is the shares uh, total rise of vacation homes rose to seven percent. And that's the highest rate it's been. Uh, overall let's see it's, it was back in 2016 it was 4.6% jumped to 5.1 in 2017 uh 2020 was at 5.5 and in, from january to april of 2021 jumped to 6.7 almost 7%. so there's a, a big kind of movement and push towards vacation homes. 55% of them are all cash. Um, let's see. So I was going to tell you the locations and I'm looking for it. There we go. Uh, so the number one, the top 30, there's this report. If you want it, you can email or reach out to uh, us on the East side real estate team. And we're happy to surprises for supply you, this report from the national association of realtors, but Lee County was the, the largest gr- growing, uh, vacation rental and, uh, followed by Barnstable County, Massachusetts. Collar County, Florida. So there's two Florida counties a South Carolina, Harry County. So if you want a county by county report and you may already have a place in mind, reach out to the Eastside real estate team. We will uh, share with you that vacation home report. All right. So after our short break, we are going to bring in uh, Tucker Maxwell. He's going to be talking with us about, um, well, we're going to talk about second investment loans and second home loans. So, um, let's watch this short commercial break.
1: Are you tired of not knowing where your money is going? Do you feel like you start getting ahead on your finances, then get hit by an unexpected expense and feel behind Doug Peterson with get priority straight helps guide you to getting your money to do what you want it to do. Instead of wondering where it went, Doug has helped ambitious, busy, successful people be delighted by handling their money wisely to have a conversation with Doug. Call 206-264-4424 or email meeting at letsgps.com or info at getprioritystraight.com.
0: Welcome back to the show. Dan Edwards here with East and you are watching slash listening to the Seattle's East Side Real Estate Teams podcast. And we're here next up with our good friend Tucker Maxwell from Guild Mortgage Company, for our mortgage moment update. Tucker, how you doing? Good, Dan. Thanks for so much for having me today. Well, Hey, listen, I appreciate you coming on. You're one of our uh, new guests to the show. We haven't had you for a mortgage moment. And as we jump into our main topic, I just want you to maybe give us an overall, how is the market for loans? How's business and what's happening just in mortgages and in your world right now?
2: Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an exciting time to be in lending with uh, talks of inflation, Talks of the government pulling back their purchasing of mortgage-backed securities and what impact that will have on interest rates, um, and so it, it's exciting to, from our perspective, watch the impacts to interest rates as a lot of this information circulates because we're seeing daily changes, you know, drastic changes that are based on rumors or based on you know the the media's spin on what's actually happening. Um, and so for us, it's exciting because the last 18 months have been uh, a, a great market for lenders. You know, everyone has looked into refinancing. We've refinanced, you know, most of the country. Um, and so um, that's starting to change. Most people are refinanced. They're at a rate that is probably never going to be able to be obtained again. And so the market is now shifting back to a purchased focused business, which, you know, ties us in with our our topic today in investment loans and uh, second homes, because that's really the opportunity now. People are, have their primary residence dialed in, they got a great interest rate, and now they're saying, I got this disposable income, maybe I should be looking into a second property, uh, maybe, you know, diversify that crypto money or Tesla money. And uh, and so it's a, it's a good time to be in lending.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about that. There, there are two different options that we're talking about. One is a second yeah. home and the other is an investment
2: uh, home. They're going to be different rates, different programs, correct? Correct. Yeah. So a, a second home is essentially looked at as an extension of your primary residence. So like you mentioned in your introduction and in a, you know, warmer climate and a vacation destination where you plan to spend, uh, you know, a few weeks a year in that location and you have the advantage of essentially a primary loan. So low down payment, great interest rate on that second home versus an investment loan where as a lender we know you're going to be earning income on this property and so the requirements are a little bit different higher down payment we're going to look at reserves we're probably going to charge a little bit more from an interest rate perspective because it is an income producing property Um, but the cool thing is is that in most states you can use your second home as a short-term rental so maybe not the opportunity isn't there for a long-term rental but as long as you follow the state's guidelines in terms of how many days you do need to occupy that second home the rest of the years is, is yours to do what you want with and so we are seeing a lot of people convert their second home into a short-term rental that follows the laws in their specific state right and i think it's important to consider laws in specific states when you do
0: choose um, like I said at the, at the uh, during the real talk segment, people are choosing their second home based on where they want to spend their second home time, right? right? So you know they're not just going to say, "Hey, I want to buy in Orlando because um, because Disneyland's there and it's going to be a great you know second home place." Well, um, they're usually picking that because th- because they like Disneyland and they want to go there a- every year. And what a great way to kind of leverage some of uh, some of your love for that into an investment opportunities being that the lender is comfortable with you doing what you are, but, and we will have a guest on uh, after the Thanksgiving holiday, that is, he's a real estate agent uh, that I've connected with from Orlando. that can tell you there are spots there that are not uh, for um rentals or short-term rentals so that it's in the ccnrs that says nope you can't do it and then there are ones nearby that are so it's, it's important to consider that that um you know maybe you don't want to have that then you're going to select a different community different location so yeah, yeah. great so how did do, how does somebody go through the process of applying for a uh, uh a second loan
2: so if there's multiple options. So you have conventional mortgages or Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac mortgages that can be for second homes or investments. So it's really no different than somebody setting out to apply for their primary you know, home loan. Um, we're going to look at the same documentation. We're going to pull a credit report and um, a 1003 or the same mortgage application. Um, so it's really the exact same process for applying for the loan. Um, the guidelines are what changes for a second home they, in, in theory, it follows your, your primary home rules. Once you're beyond your second home and you're buying your third or fourth property, and it is a true investment property, that's where the regulations will change and you'll have a larger down payment requirement. We want to see that you have more skin in the game, right? If things get tough, you're going to protect your roof versus this vacation home roof. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a little more risk there to the lender for default. Um, And so they're going to look at not only your down payment, but they're going to want to see reserves that you could make the payment, you know, for six to 12 months. If something happened and you weren't able to get tenants in there. Awesome. So
0: based on uh, let's just say somebody happens on Thanksgiving to go to a location and they're thinking, maybe this is where we want to have our second home and they want to get a hold of you. How long is your turnaround right now from the first time you meet somebody, obviously, uh, to put out there and they get you everything you need. How long will it take for them to get a pre-approval from you at Guild Mortgage?
2: Yeah, a great question. So the, the beautiful thing about technology from a lending perspective is most employers are tired of receiving phone calls from us requesting verifications of employment. And so they aggregate that information. A lot of employment records today are done online. And so we can turn around a pre-approval in just about 24 to 48 hours because of all the automations that, that are available to us. We can, you know, an, an applicant can apply online, give us access to all of their employment records, income and assets we can verify all that almost in real time as they're submitting the application and turn around a pre-approval very quickly that does change you know let's take a self-employed borrower for instance or you know on the topic let's take a real savvy investor that has multiple investment properties now that does add some layers to the pre-approval and can slow it down but i would say it shouldn't ever take more than about 72 hours to go through the full process fully under it and and get a pre-approval all right. Very good.
0: Well, Tucker, we really appreciate you having on having you on for the mortgage moment. Um, before I let you go, if we're talking turkey, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish?
2: I'm all about the stuffing. So my wife breaks, makes bread and we put the bread she makes into stuffing. So I'm a, I'm a stuffing guy, but really I load up the plate with everything.
0: Everything. Very good. All right. Well, enjoy it. Now, if there is somebody that needs to get a hold of you, what's the best way?
2: Um, You can find me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way, Tucker Maxwell, or uh, give me a call my cell phone number 425-757-9202. Very good. Tucker, thank you very much for coming on
0: today. We really appreciate
2: it. Yep. Thank you, Dan. All right. We're going to head
0: out to our second commercial break, and then we'll be uh, welcoming uh, to our show for the first time, Jeannie Steenbergen with Jay's Rental Stays. We're going to fill in the gaps here on the theme about rentals and multi. well not multifamily that's a different uh rentals and sh- long-term and short-term rentals right after this short commercial break the pest stops here
1: green city pest control is your full service pest solution for all your pest control needs with an owner with 32 years experience a board certified entomologist and rodent specialist we do it all bats to rats crawl space or attic call us and we will resolve your problem
0: 425-413-9700 Welcome back. I am Dan Edwards with the Eastside Real Estate team, and we are welcoming to our show Jeannie Steenbergen with Jay's Rental Stays. Jeannie is the owner of Jay's Rental Stays, an all-inclusive, a all-inclusive short-term rental services company in Seattle and the Greater East uh, the Greater Puget, Puget Sound. Her background includes real estate, corporate travel, and managed services, which ideally qualifies her perfectly for this industry. Additionally, her daughter is a graduate of UW Go Dogs, um, in architecture, and she brings a keen design eye and a strong project management skills to the team. This mother daughter duo is on fire, and they're passionate about helping homeowners recognize their full property income. Professional, welcome to this show, Jeannie.
3: Hi. Thank you very much, Dan. Nice to see you.
0: Well, look at I am excited to share your services um, after talking about second homes, rental, and vacation property. So tell me how you got started in this industry.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I worked at Expedia for seven years in corporate travel, and I learned everything about travelers, uh, experiences, and expectations, travel. And what I learned was corporate travel is usually the second biggest expense for companies, and they're always looking for ways to cut costs. Um, but the business traveler, they view their travel as a quality of life. Hmm. Uh, they, they're leaving their families. They're leaving their dog. You know, they're, they're changing everything to go on a business trip. Sorry about that. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> um, you know, and of course, they want good Wi-Fi. Um, I, traveled, <laughs> <a> good <laughs> I traveled for both work and leisure, and I wanted to stay in great homes to visit my family or go on vacation. And I've stayed at many Airbnbs. Um, I love that option. Uh, We had one property that we went to in San Diego, off Pacific Beach, right by Crystal Pier. And it was super clean. It had big living room, a deck overlooking the beach. And we'd go to the grocery store. We'd bring back a cart full of food, make sure that we could have breakfast together, pack a lunch, go to the beach, go for bike rides. Um, I think one time we even went swimming with the seals in La Jolla. But You know, that that we'd come back at night and we'd go to a trendy restaurant for dinner. Um, So great memories, great photos. But on these trips, my daughter and I, we would talk about how much we love travel and having these experiences. And a couple of years ago, my daughter and I met somebody who managed short term rentals. And we decided that we wanted to start our own company. Um, This individual, she took us under her wing. She taught us everything. And the more we learned, the more we developed our business plan and the direction that we wanted to go. So that short-term rental specialist is still a very close friend and mentor, and we talk almost daily.
0: All right. So let's define some things. What is a short-term rental?
3: So um, short-term rentals are furnished apartments or homes that are rented for short periods of time, usually two to 28 days, as opposed to annual rentals. Uh, they are seen as an alternative to hotels. Many travelers prefer to rent out a room or an entire home instead of using you know, conventional lodging. Uh, homeowners like short-term guests. There's many reasons, but um, they, they include the space is cleaner. They have better property health. They get more qualified guests. There's no long-term furniture move-ins. And most importantly, they're usually a lot more profitable.
0: A lot more profitable? Profit's good. I like hearing that. So now, why would a homeowner consider a short-term rental over a long-term rental?
3: Okay, several reasons here too. Um, first, your rental property will see more care and cleanings to your home. So a typical stay is three to six days. And with your home being cleaned every four to ten, you know, four to ten times each month, there shouldn't be any surprises that you see that um, you would normally see with a long-term renter. If there are damages or items missing we catch it quickly and we charge it back to the guests so that eliminates cost to the homeowner as well um, there's significantly less wear and tear on properties there's minimal use of water and appliances hmm. and secondly your renters will be paying in full prior to their arrival so non-paying renters will not be an issue um, in a long-term rental the tenant search is costly in time and money. It usually requires a real estate commission. Um, minimal background information is available on those tenants. Short terms are really different. Um, my guests go through an extremely thorough vetting process, um, and we have information regarding their reputations. There are no finder's fees or wasted time searching for guests. It's completely hands off for the homeowner.
0: So, um, and I, I told you I was going to ask you this before, is, is Airbnb, is that the only platform that you can kind of rent uh, a short-term rental out at?
3: I'm so glad you're asking that. No, I say Airbnb because sometimes saying short-term rentals, VRBO, <laughs> all all the above platforms, it just takes a little while. So if I refer to Airbnb, just know I mean um, all platforms plus additional ways of attracting um Yes. Okay. Okay. I just want to
0: now. And then finally, I'm saying this, that I would like for you to put the B back in Airbnb, which is the (laughs) breakfast. There's never any breakfast provided and I'm a breakfast guy. So I'm calling on you as a short term rental manager to figure out a way to have breakfast at my next Airbnb.
3: I will do that. Um, I had two more two more things I wanted to point out between long-term and short-term. Oh, yeah, sure. And and by the way, I do offer coffee and creamer. I okay. okay. You're, ta- you're probably talking about something a little more substantial. Maybe so. some
0: oatmeal. I don't know. Maybe cereal, maybe. <laughs> um,
3: so one thing about long-term rentals in the money collection, um, rent is paid usually on the tenant terms. Mm -hmm. So it gets a little bit difficult to enforce late payments or necessary evictions in short-term rentals. The payments are issued to you monthly. So you don't never have to track like missing late payments. And like I said, the income Um, historically homeowners are seeing one and a half to three times more income on a short-term rental versus a long-term. So I'll leave you with this thought rather than having a tenant showing up with a moving van, your guests show up with a suitcase. There are no wall nicks from them moving their furniture or engines being replaced in your garage.
0: But I have heard about parties and damages. Mm -hmm. What about that? How do you prevent that from happening? Somebody flying into town and just trashing your house with their suitcase stuff. Um, uh, How do you prevent that from
3: happening? Oh my gosh, with social media, unfortunately, there are some outrageous stories out there. And you are correct. Fortunately, uh, we take... A lot of precautions in our vetting. So um, all of our guests go through a 20-step vetting process. And um, if if they don't pass that vetting process, we have no problem denying them. Uh, we don't want guests that don't belong in your home. And on the other side, happy guests leave higher ratings. Um, we love building relationships with the neighbors. So they're kind of an additional set of eyes and ears on the property. And They'll usually communicate with us if something raises concerns. Um, we usually offer them a discounted stay for their friends and family, which they love. Uh, it, additionally, Airbnb does have a, a one million dollar coverage for um, any damages that guests may um, cause.
0: So, different and, different service providers will have a different service uh, insurance underwritten for issues like that.
3: Correct, but Airbnb does take care of their homeowners.
0: Gotcha. That's awesome. So um, now we're talking about managing short-term rentals. Can you give me a breakdown of the services that you provide then?
3: Sure. You bet. Um, I do. I do quite a bit. So consulting, furnishing, staging, professional photographs, and then I'll go create the content for the online, uh, put the home on the online platforms, advertising, all the online communications, all the vetting, all the check-ins, check-outs, issues um booking changes professional cleaning uh i continually optimize any of the online platforms and then um all of the homeowner communication and payments
0: who does the naming of the houses on airbnb is that you
3: (laughs) it (laughs) is it makes a difference so you you have to kind of play around with those names sometimes to see you know what attracts people
0: (laughs) yeah right it's fun that's cool awesome so um um, so why wouldn't a homeowner just manage it themselves? I mean, first off, the laundry list that you mentioned right there is why I wouldn't. I'm like, I'm not doing all that. But what what are some of the objections that that uh, homeowners have to, to having you manage it versus them themselves?
3: Well, you know, a homeowner can absolutely manage it themselves. So we talked about all those services. But right now, um, I manage 10 properties and I'm averaging probably 20 to 50 calls and emails per day. Um, When we talk about those inquiries, those changes, the communication with the cleaning team, replacing missing or overused items, um, they come in 24 hours a day. So if you have a job, you need to be responding to these people. Um, I communicate with my homeowners for blackout dates, for their friends and family, maintenance issues. But many times I'm um, talking to their preferred vendor to take care of a repair and I'm trying to coordinate when guests are not in the home so that, you know, we can, we can fix an issue without losing revenue. Um, I'm, I'm buying coffee and creamers that we just talked about, travel sites, toothpaste. My team's running out at 9:30 at night when you have a guest that just flew all day and they're having problems with, you know, the key code. So, um, and additionally, my team is typically washing bedding and towels so you're figuring three loads of laundry per bedroom and towels take an awfully long time yeah, to dry so if the homeowner wants to manage it they can um, i think the time equipment uh the time requirement is a lot and if you allow somebody else to manage it you the homeowner you have your freedom uh, to plan your days and your life without interruption And
0: and I would say, Jeannie, that that keeping it occupied in a short term basis, meaning three to five days on a regular basis is you want to have a quick turnaround. Right. You don't want to have a day off because the more you can keep it occupied for the short, the more money you make versus right. Some of the longer stays are are they get a longer term discount. So it's it's better to have that three to five days and then not even miss a day, but turn it around, you know, in the morning, in the evening, that kind of thing. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You get you totally get it.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think it's a great service. And I really do think, you know, as we're talking about this, right, um, uh, I mean, it's really the ability to maximize, you know, if if let's say you're a snowbird, right, and you're living down in Arizona, you're heading down there right now. Um, but you want to make your place available for people that are having to fly in for work and stuff like that. It's like I, I think that the hard part is many people are are very personal about their home. But if they were to um, have a separate outbuilding, tell me about some of the things that you've done, like where there's an ADU or something that you've utilized and help people, um, you know, make some money off of that.
3: Yep. So um, I think, I, you know, when, when you think about a short term rental and you wonder which homes are performing best, um, you know, Airbnb started off as in San Francisco, I think it was like 19 or 2007, and so it was a way for homeowners to rent a room and make extra money. Um, but now you're seeing luxury homes, uh, you know, with international destinations. So um, what I'm seeing right now is I'm seeing I've seen everything. I'm seeing mother-in-laws. I'm seeing tiny homes. Um, I'm seeing uh, bedrooms that have a separate entrance becoming um, short-term rentals. But I'm also seeing... Like you were talking about going to Arizona, I'm seeing homeowners that want to spend six months, you know, out here in the Washington area during the summer. But they're they're heading out during the winter and those homes, they could actually be generating money. And I know for those that are local, I mean, you just think about SunCadia. A lot of those are owned by, you know, the homeowner owns them, but they have a separate closet or room that is locked off. Um, it's, it's really common right now. And then I'm also seeing long term rentals that are converting to short term rentals because of that one and a half to three times amount of income, mm-hmm. um, they're switching.
0: Um, that's pretty cool. I love it. Well, listen, we could talk forever, but um, how, if somebody wants to get started, how they get a hold of you?
3: Uh, well, first of all, I hope that you'll talk to someone to get more information. And if you're local, talk to me. Um, And then what I would do is I would come out to the property, um, I would take pictures, I kind of want to get to know what that space is like, and then uh, transform it into an oasis for guests. And pretty much what I'll do is I'll give you a lot like what you do, Dan, with a comp analysis, but Mm -hmm. mine are more based upon occupancy, uh, and nightly rates, uh, seasonality, So I'll sit down with them, give them all the information. Uh, Once we come to an agreement, uh, it's probably three to four weeks of, you know, really hustling, but getting that place ready to go, getting the professional photos and getting it online um, to launch.
0: Okay. Well, listen, I really appreciate you joining us today. I think this is an awesome discussion and it's a really good opportunity. So if you know of anybody, if anybody watching or listening, um, know of anybody that's thinking of you know, about maybe maximizing the use of their home here in the Northwest and they have an extra space, uh, feel free to reach out to Jeannie. Her phone number is 425-445-0868. Jeannie, thanks for coming on.
3: Thank you very much, Dan. All
0: right. I'm going to bring back our last guest here and just say, hey, Tucker, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, you guys, um, you, our, our podcast is live right now. Um, no, no questions came in Com- uh, I did receive a comment that they really enjoyed um, most of what you guys all had to say um, and especially the go Huskies part. So there's that, you know uh, but thank you guys for being on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, that concludes uh, the Eastside real estate team podcast. If you know of anybody out there that would love to be a part of our podcast and share a local business, share something that they love about the East side, we'd love to welcome them on the show. You can reach out to us at the East side real estate team.com uh thanks for watching we appreciate it and goodbye thank you